Please select your player. New player Tim has joined the game. Andrew plugin requires horse mod. Translation. It's Amelia time. Australia's greatest podcast. Said no person. Ever. Welcome, Welcome to, to another, another dungeon. dungeon. Hey, that was my line. So everyone's got one track going yes. now? One track. Yep. One track. Dave, if you're listening to this, we have to restart because of Amelia. Sorry. That's uh, one, one strike. <laughs> Um, alright. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 8 of the Another Dungeon podcast. This week we have another newbie joining us in Amelia. Hello. In Amelia. She, inside Amelia. There's a new person inside, inside yes. Amelia. There's a tiny person. Amelia's not a, a new person. A tiny person wanting but... to come out of me. How exciting. Alright, phrasing. Next time. And then there's not a new person inside Andy. He's... No. Unfortunately. Not this way. Andy. Yeah. I heard you tried to kill your wife yeah. this morning. I did. I did. <laughs> uh, that was that was accidental. Um I was uh the uh what, what happened? The um the, the the headlight on the car went out. Um so I tinkered with it last night to get the bulb out so I knew to buy the right one and I didn't shut the 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 bonnet properly, so whilst you're driving along the freeway the bonnet popped up oh, and God. chaos ensued. Um, I would have. So yeah, that was yeah. that was great. <laughs> <laughs> what did she do though? Did she just like keep going? Or she's as you can hear in the background, she shouted out, I "This is something. the second time this has happened." <laughs> the second time. <laughs> that is not oh, an accident. Poor Bernadette. <laughs> yeah. So I'd sleep with one eye open if I was there. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so uh, she survived though um, to live another day. That's good. Uh, What's the life insurance policy like? Uh, pretty good, actually. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's enough to set you up. Yeah, just for a short while. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. That's not actually what we're talking about this week. <laughs> uh, we're going to discuss Mortal Kombat and its um, interesting add-ons. Uh, we're going to talk about free play, which was an indie festival. Would you call it a festival? Melbourne's now? premier independent games festival in its tenth year. Shindig. Call we'll call it a Shindig. Shindig is a good word. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, a Kickstarter movie yes. called Game Loading. So, yeah. first of all, um, we're going to discuss Mortal Kombat. So, Mortal Kombat X came out last week. Uh, if you haven't followed it or know nothing about Mortal Kombat, it's a fairly brutal fighting game. Uh, known for, I guess, outdoing themselves every time um, in how far they can push the boundaries of good taste, uh, blood and gore, mm. and yeah, yeah, push the boundaries. Yeah, push the boundaries of good taste. You could say yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I ha- I haven't actually played it, but uh, I've watched some of the fatalities on YouTube, and they're pretty intense yeah i haven't played it myself either and i I watched the 15 minute video of all the fatalities and whoa (laughs) um for a a discussion for a different time i don't understand how a game like mortal kombat x can get an r rating and a game like hotline miami 2 uh gets refused classification but that's not what we're talking about today 
We're not going to discuss that, and there's reasons for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so, Amelia's had a little chance to play it because her housemate actually has it, but we'll get into that a bit later. The um, my interest sort of got peaked around Mortal Kombat. I'm not into fighting games, but uh, I saw on the day it was released some discussion about what is this, what is this. So in the uh, Xbox store, and I'm sure it's the same on the PSN store and the Steam store, you can actually buy easy fatalities, so you don't have to remember all the combinations. Um, I think it's a bit of a sign of, uh, you know, how much more can we squeeze out of people. Um, This is alongside, like you had to buy the combat pack to unlock Goro and a couple of other characters and there's a few older characters like Rain and um, Baraka that are as it turns out uh, fully playable if you hack the game Um, so there's thoughts that, well on the PC version if you replace a character that's in the game's files with the coding for Rain or the coding for Baraka you can actually play as them so okay some people are saying, you know, it's a clear sign that they're going to be added in later mm. and potentially not for free, but that's a that's just a speculation. Mm. Um, also, with the PC version, they uh, decided to try something different on Steam and do a... Uh, I don't know what the word is. Uh, they allowed you to install the game like the Xbox and the PlayStation do and up to a certain point of the installation it can start playing so I think the initial download was 3 gig and then they could you know I think they could only do arcade mode or something Mm -hmm. and then single player unlocks and while it was downloading the problem with it on Steam was that all the extra content sort of it came under the DLC menu yeah okay and it wasn't automatically downloading and there was no communication from NetherRealms or Steam about why people can't actually play this game that they've downloaded. That sounds awful. Um, through, <laughs> it, it does. There was 23 install packs oh my God. that you had to go into the DLC part of Steam, which if you haven't played around with mm. Steam for a while, um, I think that's, that menu in itself is even yeah. new. But you had to manually go and download them, and it didn't download sequentially. So if you, just went, <laughs> if you just went all 23 packs, it would just do wow. it like whenever like however it felt probably the smallest um, first and, and then yeah. yeah but it didn't tell you which one either ah. so in the download section of steam it just says mortal kombat x and so you don't know if you're doing pack one or two or whatever so there was a bit of a furor on steam about uh it's a good feature i mean i don't it's a well-intentioned feature it incredibly poorly executed to the point where it wasn't worth bothering from the sounds of it. Like, you know, good intentions, yeah. but, you know, that's just going to create such such disgust within the community that you're setting yourself up really poorly for the first week of the game. Like, that's... They mm. Yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I don't particularly take advantage of that feature on the consoles. Yeah. I usually wait till it's fully installed anyway. Mm. But it's nice to know that if you wanted to jump in, 
and play, you can. But uh, I don't have a good enough internet connection to yeah even think about doing that. Um, mm. And so I don't think in Australia, at least, I don't think that for the majority of people it would be a beneficial feature. Um, yeah. But I will say that. Having recently played the minisodes for To the Moon, I, I knew you were going to mention <laughs> To the Moon. I, I, I will say the ability to play, like have an understanding of where downloads are going with Steam, or mm. even how to open them, is is just not coherent. Mm. And if I didn't do an internet search for how to actually play these damn minisodes for To The Moon, mm-hmm. which don't open up in the game itself, and you can't actually open them up with Steam. You have wow. to do a, a search in your, your drives and stuff like that to find out where it is. I would never have Can been I able to play it. Can I just say that's a rare issue? Yeah, I, I was going to say yeah, that. I haven't come across. I've got 300 games on Steam, and I've never had to do yeah, that. Usually you can do it from within yeah. the game. Yeah, and I think That's, it's probably more of an argument against the game itself, but listening to the, the problem with um, Mortal Kombat X, you know, it sounds like they tried to make it a little bit easier, but just, mm. as you're saying, Amelia, just screwed it all up. Yeah, I think if um, you if mm. you were in America, it wouldn't have been a problem at all because, you know, there wouldn't have been the massive wait for any of the installation packs or somewhere else with good internet is my point. Like, if, if they were all going to download so quickly that you barely noticed and then install, well, you know, there's no problem. But in Australia, because of our, you know, infamous internet, um, of course, it would create this big problem. Yeah, it wouldn't have been as much of a problem either mm. if the packs actually automatically downloaded. Yeah. Yes. Like, from what I understand, you buy the game, you click download, it downloads 3 gig. Cool, you think it's yeah. done. So you go into it, uh, single player's locked, and there was a couple of other menus that were locked. Basically, you can fit around it in the options and mm. do not much else. So you'd, you'd probably think that you'd been ripped off if you haven't dug any deeper and yeah. looked into this new feature that I only found out about post the funeral. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know if, if it was mentioned while you were <laughs> buying it on Steam that hey, the, you know, this is what it's going to do mm. but... Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. i got to say the whole focus, like having just played a little bit of the game um, the whole focus in the way it's set up seems to be about you've got to be able to be online and they want you to buy more stuff because... So first things first, I was playing on my housemate's Xbox and so I had to set up like or sign into my account because I didn't want to screw up his game. I didn't he wasn't home, so I just turned it on. I didn't want to play on his account. So first of all, before I could even just have a go, I couldn't use a guest account. You have to have, you know, an email address registered and I don't know how that would work with multiplayer, but I feel that would be really annoying because with fighters, you know, it's so fast paced, you just want to sit down and have a go. You don't really want to spend 15 minutes screwing around before you can even play so there was that which required the internet and then as soon as you get into the main menu the biggest thing on the screen in the middle is this thing that says press y to connect to the xbox store or whatever and then in your left you've got this link to this feature which is like um so everybody who owns a copy of the game chooses one of five factions and they're like you know in-game factions they're called stuff like the white lotus and the black dragon and stuff and the idea is that every single time you play Mortal Kombat doesn't matter if you win or lose the game um, you're contributing to your world factions like points and so at the end of every month or whenever it happens to be they'll say you know which faction won for that month 
but that's okay. you know which is interesting way of creating a community but you know that's also an internet feature and it's just like everything is yeah everything is focused around you know we have more features and there are features and features and like i, I played like some um just single sort of normal games and the only other fighter i've well i've played soul Calibur and i've played tekken and in those games it's about fighting you know it's about taking down the other person tekken doesn't have blood which is i guess it should you know logically but it doesn't and so when i played mortal kombat what i noticed was how sort of flashy everything was how much blood there was and just how ridiculous like everything was like all fighters are ridiculous but model combat i guess you as you said like that's its style but it takes it a bit further yeah. like, especially with the x-ray moves being introduced in the last mm. one like halfway through a fight you can break somebody's neck or arm or whatever yeah. And then as soon as that animation's over, they're fine yeah. and back to fighting. It's <laughs> there's this move. I've got to say, yeah. like, the cinematics are beautiful in the game. Like, there's so many, you know, nice visual things. But there's this demo one it shows you when you're loading up the game of, like, a guy gets both of his legs shot off from the knees down and then his entire torso gets blown out as well. And it's like, you know, damn, that's, like, that's not fighter shit. That's, like, next level just gore horror stuff it's just so unrelated to like fighting i felt i don't know see i don't mind it too much but i it needs to be of service to the actual game like yeah i don't know that that that's yeah and that's mortal Kombat for you it's, yeah it's always been a ridiculously over the top gory game mm. uh toasty you know and it's just i don't know it's not a game for me i i don't Neither. play fighters um <laughs> So, unfortunately, the our, our man that does play fighters, uh, Greg, he's um, obviously not on today's episode, but uh, I believe he's got a review coming, and he absolutely I loves... Believe, I believe he's finished the review nearly, oh, cool. so well, yeah, keep I an mean, eye out on the uh, website for our review. I've got to yeah. say, like... Well, Greg's review. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I do play other fighters, like I'm a really big Tekken fan, and I'm like moderately good at Tekken like I know how to play it so I thought I didn't think I'd have to (laughs) not in like a you know I'm so great way but I just thought that when I loaded up Mortal Kombat I'd be able to sort of guess what I was doing from that you know knowledge of another fighter but um it's it's just totally different and everything's so fast and it's all about like everybody has like a superpower it's almost like everybody's more like a hero than a just a fighter it's not about martial arts it's about like having fire or ice they're all some sort of otherworldly yeah. a lot of them are otherworldly characters so it sort of fits in with the lore. yeah yeah but tekken has a man with a jaguar head oh yeah like, and a tekken is ridiculous don't get me wrong he's like a wooden ninja i don't know i don't know what the hell he is but um yeah i mean tekken's just as ridiculous don't get me wrong but tekken you know you always know you've got your punches and your kicks and your combos they're all assigned to the same buttons and you can you can sort of do stuff with those but in mortal kombat i was like I'm going to have to choose one character and just kind of learn what their power is before I have a chance of doing anything. Um, and then yeah, there was this yeah. other strange mode that I just want to bring up really quickly where it was like, um, it's called Try Your Luck. And what it is, is you choose who you are, you choose your opponent, and then you choose a number of modifications that you want to be applied to the match. And what they are is they're like random things which make the match more difficult or more interesting so it will be things like um 
you know, player one takes more damage or player two has, you know, this penalty. One that it gave me in this random one that I did was higher ground, which means that the whole time you're playing, it's like you're on a boat. So the whole screen is tilting all the way up left and all the way up right <laughs> so someone has higher ground. And I, so I just went into this mode, didn't know what it was with four modifications. And I was like, damn, this is for like hyperactive children. You know, the screen's moving and all this stuff's coming from the sides and attacking me and the other guy. And I've got no idea what I'm doing. And it was just, it was chaos. And, and like the background animations as well. I was like, what is happening here? It was insane. What is was it fun? I don't know. It was more confusing than anything. I think um I think if I'd played a lot of Mortal Kombat and I wanted something different, it might fulfill that need, but to me a fight is about like, you know, how well you can fight. It's not about all this other stuff going on. So, yeah, I don't know. It was a bit much to be honest, but um I can see the appeal for some players. Just not me. <laughs> not me. Some not any of us here today. Greg. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, love it. yeah exactly. <laughs> Greg. Greg's interesting. <laughs> um, anyway, that's that's enough about Mortal Kombat. Uh, it's out now. I think it's getting, despite everything else, it's getting pretty good reviews. Mm. So we'll uh, wait to see what Greg gives it. Uh, but. Um, last weekend, the weekend before. Okay, yeah. So free play. What were you? So up to? last weekend, I attended free play. Uh, free play's fate. So free play is um, an independent games festival that has been happening in Melbourne for the last ten years. This is their tenth year, and this year they did it for ten days. So from the tenth to the nineteenth of April. Every other year, I believe it's just been one weekend. So this year really saw them step it up in terms of what they were trying to achieve with the festival. Um, it was so it's just gotten bigger and bigger every year. Like I think in the early days it was just they hired like a room out in um, the state library and sort of people would come and demo their games. But um, it's been expanding and so this year they had um, a whole bunch of different panels. And what was interesting was that about at least half of them were online. So I've never. I'd never heard of doing an online panel, but, you know, it's the same as a normal panel. Just everybody Skypes in and then you go on the website and you watch the panel at the same time. And I think you can submit questions and stuff. So that was interesting. So did you have to leave your house for that? You do that at home. You just go to the website and you can watch. So they had a bunch that were like that. And then they had a bunch of um, IRL talks as well, for want of a better (laughs) term. Um, But, yeah, it wasn't very it wasn't like you had to go to one to understand the other they were all kind of standalone events so the things that i went to was um a talk called level up going deeper into video game culture which was held at the wheeler center which is like a it's this room in the state library of victoria which is the, the point of it is to hold panels and debates and stuff so um I thought it was meant to be like kind of introductory thing about video games for people who might not know much about them, Um, but it was very much like all gamers at the panel. (laughs) Um, It was really good though. So there was that and then the Fate, which is kind of the biggest event, is um, so it was in like an event space um, near Melbourne Uni, right in the city, and it was just anybody who had some sort of game to demo could bring it they had about six different panels on different topics but yeah because it was the first year it was quite small 
Um, there were a few well-known games there, like Screen Cheat, um, on the indie scene, I mean. Not any really big games. Yeah, I quite like Screen Cheat. Yeah, yeah it's a cool game. Um, and then there were a whole bunch of other things. Like, a lot of them were video games, but there was also, like, um, just a lot of game experiment things as well, which is kind of what Free Play is all about. It's about, you know, just embracing anything that could be sort of called a game or is about games. What's a game experiment? Um, well, the example that I'm thinking of is, um, what was it called? It's called Portrait Landscapes. So what happened was um, I was just sort of milling around, looking at the stalls, trying to decide where to go next. And this guy was like, hi, would you like a photo? And I was like, um, yes, I think. Um, so he had like a <laughs> tripod set up and this seat, and then it was connected to a computer. It was going to do something. Not as ominous as it sounds. Um, so I sat down and he took a picture and then he inputted the picture straight into his computer, into some program that he had running. And um, then he pressed enter and executed whatever it was. And um, what it does is it generates a video game level sort of thing, which is made based on like the colors and the levels from the photo of your face. So what you're doing is like walking around on your face as though it's a video game level. Um, it sort of looks That's like weird. yeah, it's very experimental, but it sort of looks like a dream level in a game. But if you look at the sky, you can see the picture of your face, and then the ground that you're walking on is your face, but with all hills and levels according to like the depth perception, I guess, of what it would be like. So, what do they hope to achieve? With well, this? the guy who made it. Um, what he does is he's made this engine which can read photos in this manner and he's made like a bunch of different experimental things with it so like he did one thing where he went around South Bank I think he said in Melbourne taking lots of different um, photos of things and recording ambient noise in that space and then he sort of created recreated that into a gaming experience um, I didn't play that so I'm not exactly sure how that works but yeah what I'm this um, portrait landscapes wasn't exactly a game it was just sort of a way that he was experimenting using his engine at the festival. Um, but that's yeah. sort of a more extreme example. There are a lot of other um, just kind of indie games trying to get launched. My favourite two were probably um, one called Shapeway and another one called Western Press. Um, so Shapeway is a mobile game where um, it's like a typical, fairly typical platformer, simple, you know, get from point A to point B. But you have a build phase and then a play phase. So in the levels, you're given a set amount of blocks and then you have to use them to complete the level and it you know gets increasingly difficult as the game goes on. Really simple, but quite fun. And then the other one, Western Press, is like... Oh, it's, it's a bit weird. It's sort of like a rhythm game, but not. Um, it's a pixel-style um, game where... So you both choose a character and then it's like you're having a Pistols at Dawn-style duel. But the way that you determine who shoots first and wins the duel is you're given a sequence of buttons and you have to complete it as quickly, like quicker than the other player. And then whoever does it wins. So it's a QTE game. Kind of. <laughs> no. No, not really. It's more, because it, that, that sounds horrible, but this is fun. So it that's does. the difference. <laughs> no, what they've done is they've hidden it. <laughs> It's it, the game is literally QTEs, uh, no, and that's a, that sounds like a rhythm game to fun. me, it, more than anything else. It is. Yeah. It's good multiplayer because it's really quick as well. The rounds are really quick, 
So you choose this character and you get all invested in what's happening. And then it's like, okay, go. And you're both like madly trying to tap the buttons. And then, yeah, I don't know. There's something about it which just really riles up your competitive spirit and makes you want to do it again and again and again, which is the opposite of how I experience QTEs. Because whenever I have one of those that I have to do, I'm like, never, 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 never want to have to do that again. So, yeah, I don't know. There's something about it which was good, but um, yeah. So it played on your sense of attachment to characters and your competitive I, nature. The competitive nature thing mostly, I would say. Yeah, um, I would think so. But yeah, there was there was lots of different stuff at free play. I don't know, it's just so hard to sum up. Like, everything was just so different. Every store you went to was just a totally different thing that people were trying to achieve. Um, oh, the most confronting strange thing there. It was awesome, but it was weird. Um, so... There's, like, a couple of rooms. This event space isn't, like, a big hall. It's, like, a couple of connected rooms. So you go into the second room, and on the right side of the, like, the whole right side wall is this projector set up with this game called, I think it's called, like, Cat cat Nipples or something like that. So attention-grabbing title. So they've got all these, like, 3D cats just meowing and waiting in the menu. What the game is, oh, 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 and on the table in front of this projector are the controllers for this game, which are two, yes, two giant cat toys with like eight nipples each, like rubber nipples attached on the front of the cats. <laughs> so you walk in and there's like this giant screen with these cats and then these giant like plushy cats with nipples all over them and you're like, what? the hell is that and so um but the guy who was running the store was really friendly and so you go up and have a go and what the game is is you have to um rub the nipples of the cat and milk will come out of it on the screen and you're trying to feed all of the kittens like so you're competing to feed the most amount of kittens before the other player it sounds kind of like horrible but because it's so confront, like socially confronting, people are just like you know. It, once you make the commitment to play the game, it's like, well, everything's out the window. Let's just go for this, and yeah, people were loving it. It was, it was quite funny. See, I do, I do wonder with games like that. Like, obviously, they're um, they're, they're they're festival sort of games, but yeah. besides playing it on a weekend at a festival like that. It's not a. You can't play that anywhere else, and yeah. maybe that's imagine, part of the point of it. But yeah, that's. Do you imagine buying yourself two <laughs> cats with eight rubber nipples? I've already and got keeping them at home. Definitely. I've already got two cats. I don't, uh, you know, but I just need to buy the plug-in for them. That's all. Um, Definitely, but yeah, yeah, a festival just, game. I think like the the guy who made this game, um, his thing is creating controllers or input systems out of weird stuff. So I don't think he will take that. I think he takes the cat nipples thing with him because it attracts a lot of attention. Um, but I think that, yeah, the point is As that it it's would. a festival. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like a great crowd drawer. But the point is that it's like a festival thing. I don't think that you would exactly, yeah, play it at home by yourself. Or I guess you could, but that would be that would be very, you might. very strange. Have you met Andy? <laughs> uh, Coming to a PS4 soon. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, right. But, yeah, that... Talking about. Sorry, you do. Yeah. No, no, you I was go. just going to say the thing about this format of the game is that even though you've got two cats set up, anybody can just touch either of them. So it's not very strictly like a two player game. It's like very much a group thing, which is part of why it's. So you had other people rubbing your cat's your nipples, nipples while you were yes, playing? Yes, exactly. Well, not yeah. while I was playing, but 
yes, it's totally possible in this in this experience. <laughs> that just sounds odd. Very <laughs> it odd. It was yeah. odd, but yeah. I'll be polite. Maybe I'm making free play sound a lot odder than it is because a lot of the other games are just, you know, it platformers is. and roguelikes and that sort of thing that have, you know, Oh, cool wow. no, element to them. You're not making it sound odder than it is because I've watched. You're making um, it sound like a creeper <laughs> I've, I've I've watched uh, documentary game loading Rise of the Indies. Uh, this is this is what you call a segue. Yeah, um, I was going to say segue. Uh, yeah, <laughs> where, <laughs> where they uh, they actually cover those kinds of odd ish games. Mm. Um, you've seen this. Do you did you watch it yet, Amelia? Or yeah, I did. Am I the lone viewer? No, I watched it. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so it's a really good documentary, which is, I mean, as the name suggests, it's about indie games, but uh, it's actually a little bit more than that. Um, mm. To go with the odd sort of game element to start off with, um, it covers a few different, uh, what what indie games can be to different people. Mm. Um, for example, there's uh, this guy who kind of creates a spiritual uh, experience with a, a game, which is seems more like a meditation-y self, sort of Sound game self? That, is that it? Sound self? Yeah, yeah that that's right. Yeah. Yeah, which looks really interesting in the sense that it's, you know, you essentially sit there and experience the game. It, it kind of looked like Child of Light in a way, but um, uh, not so much, if that makes sense. Um, so it, it was an interesting documentary in the sense that it covers what games can be not just uh, you know first-person shooters, not just platformers. Mm. Uh, they can be about things that really affect people, um, serious things, you know, mm. uh, that other games just don't cover. Things that usually turn Tim off playing these sorts of games. You can tell he's <laughs> gone very quiet here. Um, but <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, so I found it really, really interesting. Um, yeah, it, it just showed a, a different side of. Uh, gaming that I didn't really know existed, um, which I was really, really impressed with, um, especially when you compare it to something like Indie Games the Movie, which I mm. think I did not like that film myself because um, mm. it was more about that film was more about making indie games, which mm. to me was just not really that interesting, um, especially given I didn't like half of the people who were in it. Yeah. Um, Phil Fish and the guy behind Braid, ugh. Both two people, not really very interesting. Um, but game loading does show a varied range of people. Mm. Even touches on that really contentious subject of Gamergate as well, and it does it in such a tactful a way, interesting way. Mm. Yeah, in a tactful way that it, it makes it feel, you know, it explains it to people who don't really understand what that yeah. problem is. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, no, yeah, game loading is really, really great in that it introduces the whole indie scene to people that like in a safe way that so why should i watch um it? because it presents it in a positive light that might change your opinion on independent games um <laughs> I, i'm not a massive fan of indie I, games. i'm getting that oh. but <laughs> um maybe this would change that i don't know i think the thing about game loading is that um so i'm already familiar with a lot of the games that um were shown in it and i like the people who created it, they are part of the IDGA in Melbourne. And so sort of some yeah. of the people who were on it, I was familiar with and there were some familiar faces and stuff like that. So for me, it was like, 
a lot of stuff I was already familiar with, but still um, entertaining to see the journeys of these people. What I found really interesting was going inside how these games are released and how people live when they're making these sorts of games, when it's so, you know, financially iffy as to what's going to happen with them. Um, but I think the value yeah. of game loading is for people not like me, people like um, maybe somebody my mum's age or something who have no idea that beyond, you know, AAA games, there's this whole world of people making games just because they want to. Um, because, yeah, watching it with two other gamers who sort of are from a similar background to me, it was like, we were like, oh, well, that was interesting, but we sort of already knew about all those things. But Yeah, it, de- it depends on your level of... Yeah, yeah, there certainly is, and it depends on, on your level of knowledge. Um, I didn't know as much... Uh, whilst I am a gamer, I'm a film lover first. So I, mm. I watched this as a film lover mm. and saw it exactly in the way that you said, that somebody who doesn't really know about games um, can learn certainly a, a heck of a lot. And I learned quite a bit as well. Mm. Um, and I think what I, I took away from this was that it just showed, uh, the, which is partially why I wish that it wasn't called uh, Rise of the Indies. It didn't have yeah. that part of the name because I, I don't think... Whilst it does cover indie games, I don't think it covers it to the point that it's solely focused about indie games. It's more no. about um, the place that games have in our culture. It yeah. talks about, uh, you know, games are essentially have become the next versions of movies and books. Mm. And what I like the most about game loading is that it shows that people are treating them just like writing a short story or making a short film or something like that in your backyard, Mm. that it's just another form of expression. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, and that's why I have problems with the actual name. Yeah. Because yeah. Okay. It's independent. Yeah, sure. Somebody has made this in their, their home by themselves or just like with the Stanley Parable which is uh, one of the games that they sort of focus on throughout mm. the film you know it's two guys on opposite sides of, opposite sides of the world yeah. who never really meet until later on in the film and you know it, sure they're independent but I think there is a bit of a stigma regarding indie games and, mm. and I think that a film like this can actually blow that stigma away um, maybe not the stigma that Tim's got but it's still <laughs> You know, yeah. no, I know. <laughs> I, I think it's, that it can do. Yeah. I, I when I was at the free play panel, the level up one, um, one of the speakers on that panel said something which I found really interesting, which is that um, indie games makers are sort of in culture the same way that bands used to be or still are, I guess, yeah. because there's like really cheap overhead costs now for making a game and getting it out there. It's the same as music. You know, anybody can buy a guitar record themselves put it out there well you can do that with games now as well because the game making tools are you know becoming cheaper and more accessible and um he brought this up because he saw a poster in his community of somebody's game just like you know slapped on some brick wall somewhere being like hey play our game and you know it just made this really strong connection to him of like you know wow anybody can do this and it's true like that's it's just a totally different thing from what it was you know even 10 years ago well, exactly. I mean, well, 10 years ago, you, you had to you know, buy expensive uh, programming and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and you had to really, really dedicate a lot of time to learning how to, to code games and stuff like that. And certainly two of the things I found also quite interesting was that in certain schools in the world, they're, they're teaching elements of coding 
almost just like teaching how to read and write. Mm. Um, so I feel I feel that that could become something that is going to be, you know, a language that people know uh, in the increasingly technology-driven world that we live in. Mm. Um, and alongside that, um, there are programs just like Microsoft Word, for example, uh, where it's very easy to create a game. All you need to do is use the elements that you don't really need to know coding, but you can simply create a game and, you know, learn how to create a game and do whatever you want within an afternoon. Are you saying that you can create a game in Word? No, I'm just saying that just like using Microsoft... (laughs) How do we get from game loading to Word? (laughs) No, I'm just saying that, you know, just like using Microsoft Word or Microsoft Excel or something like that, there are programs out there that create that are make that these accessible. things very simple. Yeah. yeah, very simple and accessible. User friendly. Does that make sense to you, Tim? You draw some strange. Words <laughs> <laughs> I get you. I get what you mean. Uh, it's it's yeah. Amelia understands what I mean, so that's all right. And that's worrying. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but it's. I strongly recommend watching it, and and if you have people who don't understand what. Uh, your passion is regarding gaming and stuff like that um, then certainly I feel that this is a film to show them um, because there may still be that culture that 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 group of people out there who just think that games are either Grand Theft Auto or Call of Duty or Candy Crush Mm. or Mario and that's it so how do I watch this movie how do you watch it cinemas Uh, you can go to gameloading.tv which is their website address or Humble Bundle or Steam or PlayStation Network or Xbox Live or... I believe it's on probably sale not at on the moment on Steam. It's only yeah. like $9, so, you know, that's pretty Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's half the price of a ticket at the cinema. Yeah. Do you want to know what's cheaper? Not Mortal Kombat. Our giveaway competition. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 You can get it for free. Yes. You can do. But what have you got to do, Tim? Uh, Please tell us. Yeah, pray tell. Oh, I don't actually. Do <laughs> <laughs> I believe. I believe. You, I'm not prepared for this. I believe that you uh, need to head across to our, our website, which is anotherdungeon.com, and right there on the front page is it's saying win a copy of Game Loading: Rise of the Indies. Uh, if you click on there, and you can also read my review your of this game and why. Yes, answer that question. What is your favorite indie game and why? Um, uh, and you can win. A copy of uh, the game rising game loading rise of the indies members bundle which includes the film soundtrack and ebook and some other things What's in uh, entries close on the 29th of April at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time um, so Dave will be sitting there at 5:59 p.m. <laughs> uh, waiting for all the entries to trickle in um, will he and somebody will win and go from there how many entries do we have at the moment, Tim? Heaps, he says. Uh, lots, so please lots join lots. join the group of everybody that has already entered and win. <laughs> the previous competition was, uh, what, Skyline? City Skyline? City Skylines. And somebody won that and they enjoy it now. They did. <laughs> they did. Yeah. You could not ask for harder, better City evidence Skylines. that this competition is a great thing that you yeah. want to be part of, in short. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you want me to right. sell it harder? That's, that's going to do us for the for the week, I think. For the week? Um, for the fortnight. Oh, but Tim, you for haven't told fortnight. us why indie games are the worst. 
Don't get him started. (laughs) (laughs) I am curious, but I suppose that can wait for another day. I I do play some. I've recently started playing Pixel Piracy Mm -hmm. because it's an interesting concept. Uh, Apparently the Mount and Blade series is independent, so that's probably my favourite independent game. (laughs) Um, I'm all looking for something that stands out in a like a gameplay perspective mm. rather than a oh look at this artsy interpretation of mm. Alice in Wonderland set in Boston during the Prohibition. So uh, it, mechanics just, like really solid gameplay and mechanics are <clears> what's <throat> important to you? Solid or even different mm. like the ones that I play the most probably have just yeah different okay. blends of gameplay that you can't get in a AAA title mm, I can respect that. Cool just curious. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's as politely as <laughs> you did a very good job. <laughs> um, thank you. This week's song is uh, still alive from uh, Portal. If you haven't heard it or haven't played Portal, you probably should. Uh, or not? Uh, I don't. I don't like Portal. <gasps> this is oh, right in the heart. You don't get invited <laughs> to anything. Portal is a great. And humorous puzzle game. Yeah, uh, it is a joy anyway, to find. Uh, don't worry fast. about Andy. <laughs> anyway, um, if you've enjoyed the podcast, or even if you haven't and you've made it this far, <laughs> please subscribe to us on iTunes. Um, find us on Facebook at facebook.com/slash another dungeon. Uh, you can also tweet at us at another dungeon. That's one word, isn't it, Andy? Yes. Something like that. Yeah, that's correct. At another dungeon. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how the Twitter works. You can find <laughs> us at twitch.tv slash another dungeon. Uh, we've got a Bloodborne playthrough going on at the moment and also some uh, pretty funny Minecraft videos with uh, Dave's kids. It may start out pretty standard, but watch until they start fighting and then it starts getting pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> not, that, not that we condone violence, children or children <laughs> violence. Competitive spirit. Um, Competitive funny. spirit. <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah. probably a better way of saying it. Yeah. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you, Amelia, for joining no us. Problem. This week. It's been lovely. Internet high five. Woo. Um, yeah. Internet <laughs> high five. <laughs> Thanks, and we will catch you all in a fortnight. Goodbye. Um, goodbye. Bye bye. This was a triumph. Making a note here, huge success. It's hard to overstate my satisfaction. Aperture science. We do what we must because we can. For the good of all of us, except the ones who are dead. But there's no sense crying over every mistake You just keep on trying till you run out of cake And the science gets done and you make a neat gun For the people who are still alive
Maybe Black Mesa. <laughs>